the flies floating on the surface. Or could it be a beetle? All he can see are crooked legs sticking out. But when he looks closer, he notices more insects. The water is thick with them. It looks like a disgusting soup the kind witches make. His mother has knelt down and is trying to look under the windowsill. I don't believe it, she says. Then she starts hunting in the grass below the window. The boy watches her for a while. Then he tries the door handle. Mommy, he says, it's open. She pushes him in front of her, lifts in their luggage, and slams the door shut behind them. The boy stands in front of a wall hanging of dark swirls and hard, staring eyes, and he wonders what it is supposed to be. An owl? Then he gets another push from the hand holding the plastic bag. The bag is cold from the milk cartons at the bottom. In with you, then. The words leave his mother's mouth and seem to fasten in something inside, a web left behind by the silence that has reigned for so long inside the cabin. The boy feels it and is hesitant. He would prefer to stand where he is for a while. Go in! With wary eyes, he walks inside and looks around. The walls are covered in unpainted pine paneling below and woven wallpaper above. Small pictures and copper pans hang here and there. Through a door, he sees a bunk bed with fringed bedspreads. He peers in. The room is very small. Beside the bed is a stool with a book on top of it. Outside the window stands a tree. Its pointed leaves almost touch the window pane. He lays his rucksack on the kitchen table, unzips it, and takes out the plastic box. It is an old ice cream container with a big pack written on a wrinkled label on the lid. Carefully, he pulls off the elastic band because he knows it might snap, then tips the figures out onto the table. The ones that came free in boxes of biscuits are all tangled up as if to show they belong together. He also has Smurfs, a hippopotamus with a gaping mouth, a gorilla beating its chest, a galloping horse unable to stand up, a man who is sitting down. He is blue all over, even his head. Opposite the wood-burning stove is a little sofa, and he sits down on it with a smurf in each hand. A floor lamp with a pleated shade leans over him. There is no light bulb in it, only a gaping hole. They have borrowed the cabin from someone his mother works with, and the boy wonders why the owner has not put in a bulb, perhaps for the same reason that there is no television. He runs his hands over the sofa's upholstery, which is mustard yellow and knobbly. He knows if you play about wildly in a sofa like this, you can burn yourself. There's a small kitchen area, and he walks over to look. The fridge is so small he has to bend down to open it. It is empty inside. No light comes on, and it does not even feel cold. He has to push the door firmly to make sure it stays shut. The wall above the draining board has the same cork covering as the floor, red dish brown with a hexagonal pattern. There is a string of plastic garlic hanging from a nail. He points at it and asks if he can take it down, and she says he can. By climbing on a stool, he can get onto the draining board and reach the garlic. Not that he can do much with it, but it is only pretend anyway. He pinches the stiff plastic leaves, testing to see how well they are attached, while his mother walks around opening cupboards and drawers. She opens the fridge, too, and shuts it again. The boy says there is floor on the walls. Yes, she sighs, and walls on the floor. His mother brings in flowers, a large bunch, which she pushes into a vase and places on the table.
They have a powerful, spicy fragrance and are called chamomile. The boy notices that the white petals are covered in tiny, tiny insects, but she tells him not to mind. Some of them fall like snow onto the table, and so that he can see them against the grain of the wood, he has to lower his head and look closely. The creatures are in a hurry and know exactly where they want to go. He tries to stop them and make them change direction, but he fails. Do you know how small these insects are? He says. I'm sure they're minutely small. They are so small they die when I touch them. Later that evening they lie on the bunk bed under a quilt patterned with huge fantasy flowers and spiraling stems. They have fitted an insect screen to the window and the whole cabin echoes to the chirping of grasshoppers. Listen, she whispers, her lips against his hair. It sounds as if they are indoors, don't you think? As if they are here in the cabin playing for us?